Come on, say amen again. Amen. Have you been bought with a price? Yeah. If anybody asks you, yeah. you got a story to tell them. Is your story, I have been redeemed. And you ought to take 10 seconds and just give God some praise. I don't know about you, but I could have been dead and sleeping in my grave. I was on my way to hell, somebody. But God, I said, but God, redeemed me. That's worth you shouting about right there. Am I right, my deacon? He's worthy of the praise. Hallelujah to his name. They used to say in the old country church, God has smiled on me. He's been good to me. I want of y'all help me sing my little Easter song. Amen. Brewer got a song. I want a song. Amen. God has smiled on me. He has set me free. Thank you, choir. Y'all help me. Won't y'all help me? Come on. God has, oh yes, he has. He's been good. for him, through him, and by him. We want to thank you for the great New Testament church and the gifts that you have placed in her ranks. Thank you for this bouquet of love that we can give today with a cheerful spirit. Lord, would you smile on our time now? It's preaching time. And we need you to drop by. Throw your weight around in here. Give your preacher preaching power that preaching may be done. And in the end thereof, somebody may leave encouraged and ready to spread this great gospel to the end of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said amen and amen. Good morning, New Testament. Well, look at you. Looking all good. I've missed y'all. It's been three years, but I'm back. And I want to tell you, thank you for taking care of my brother and my sister. Thank you for being such a loving church. It's just good. Let me just look at you. Amen. You're looking good and keeping on. Y'all do know a lot of churches quit in the pandemic. They closed their doors and never opened again. But look at y'all. <laughs> That's worth shouting right there. Look at New Testament zooming and stuff. 
live on Facebook. Look at y'all. Handle your business, y'all. Where the colonel at? Colonel, you right. You got a great leader. Great leader. Can we praise God for Dr. Brewer and Lady Brewer one more time? Thank you, Colonel Edmund. Love y'all family. And I miss y'all so much. I miss my brother. I miss my brother beloved. And the city of Fresno misses him. The BPC misses you, amen. I told the brothers I was coming up to be with you, and you know they had a few words. They was tripping, amen. <laughs> Why he invites you, you know? Well, I'm just saying. Mama, it is what it is, right? <laughs> they say they love Doc. They miss you. It's so glad to see. My queen is here. Come on, stand up, beautiful. This is my girlfriend, my baby's mama. My brown sugar, my sweet thing, my get up and go. And I like to tell the single brothers, don't get mad, just get you one. <laughs> Am I right? Bro, it's a poor dog that won't wag his own tail. That's the love of my life. We just celebrated 31 years. 31 years, three amazing sons several gorgeous grandchildren, and I'm going to take her with me to glory. Amen. I know biblically there ain't no marriage in heaven, but I'm going to get as close to it as I can. To the shepherd of this house, his beautiful first lady, to the trustees, all of the ministry boards, to this great diaconate ministry, to the reverend clergy, to the gospel train of the New Testament Baptist Church. It's just good to be here. And I've come a long way just to tell my brother how proud I am of him, how much I love him with all my heart. And my little sister, whom I love, but I'll hurt somebody over her, I promise you. That's my sister. You know, it's a rare thing when you find a soul friend. And the older I get, I find out the fewer friends I really had. One of the brothers got up and touched about how, how his heart broke this morning over the, the departure of one of his soul friends. I understand. And the older you get, you find out how, how close and how powerful those relationships really are. So when Brewer called and said, man, I need you, I said, I'm there, Doc. I'm there. And uh, new beginnings to get over it. Amen. They, they watching Facebook right now saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Tell them I'm here. That's right. I'm here. I love them. Listen, it's preaching time. And I brought a word from my brother. Will y'all ear hustle in on the conversation? Would y'all stand with me for the reading of God's holy word? In that great book of Exodus... Exodus chapter 3, I want to pinch off a few scriptures there and wrestle with a text that I've been wrestling with and as I've been thinking about coming home to New Testament. Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, a familiar passage of scripture. If you got it, say, I got it, Reverend. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. His father-in-law was the priest of Median. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to Horeb, which was the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush. And God said, Moses, Moses. 
And he said, here I am. Then God said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. And moreover, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I'm going to stop right there. Would you turn to somebody good looking today? Good, they got to be good looking. Amen. Look at them and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Oh, neighbor. This morning, morning, Dr. Wilson Wilson wants to talk to pastor about about a shepherd shepherd that's approved by God. God. Amen. Shepherd that's approved by God. You may be seated. Beloved, in this Exodus passage on today, we get to see God call, compel, and commission a shepherd for divine ministry in the earth. We can actually learn from the passage in Exodus that when God got ready to deliver a people, he raised up a man. A man who most folks probably wouldn't have called. Moses was what I call, Brother Deacons, an unlikely candidate to work for God. But God could use him for his honor and his glory in the earth. Y'all going to help me walk through here? This text is a reminder that God uses humans. To help humans. He uses servants. To serve servants. And I pray today. That as we depart down the mountain. We would remember. That God wants to do the same. In our lives. So let's examine this text this morning. Three things I want to lift up. Number one I want to look at. What happened when God. Called Moses. Number two, what happened when God compelled Moses? And number three, what happened when God commissioned Moses? When he called him, when he compelled him, and when he commissioned him. Keep your Bibles open as I waddle in the text, all right? Verse one, the Bible says, now Moses, he was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law who was the priest of Median. And he led that flock to the backside of the desert and he came to Horeb, which was the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. Circle that word because I'm going to come back and deal with it. And so Moses looked, and when he looked at the bush, he saw that the bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this thing while the bush does not burn. Can I work right in there? Beloved, when we come to this first portion of the narrative, the first thing the reader sees is that when God appears to Moses, he calls him. Can I say that again? He showed him, but then he called him. Secondly, when he calls Moses, notice this, Moses is already employed. The text said he already had a job. He was working with his father-in-law in the family business. Now, what does that mean? It shows me that God never calls a man who ain't doing nothing. Y'all with me here? It's a work ethic he's looking for. Thirdly, when God calls him, he appears in an unusual way. He reveals himself as the angel 
of the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, when you read that, beloved, that's called a theophany. A theophany is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Before he comes in the New Testament and gets a body, he appears in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. Now look at the consistency. When he shows up in the New Testament, he calls men to follow him. But he was already calling them in the Old Testament. Y'all in here? But notice when God shows up and he calls Moses, look at where he does it. He does it in a quiet place. What do you mean? It's in the desert. And it's a place that's void of distractions. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. I believe that God knew Moses would have no excuses or no misunderstandings of who it was and how it was that he showed up to call him. So God, Brewer, he arranged for what I call a divine meeting. I feel like preaching through here. In other words, it was a geovistic setup. He knew when Moses would take those sheep around the backside of that desert. And he knew that when he got him in some location, he was going to set him up and reveal himself to him. And he reveals to him in a bush that's at the mountain of God. The bush. Caesar Clark said in that great sermon, this was no ordinary bush. Dr. Clark said this was a bush that was on assignment from God. It was a bush, but it wasn't an ordinary bush. This bush had to have the capacity to withstand the fire of God. I feel like working in here. It was a bush that was on fire with an unusual fire. See, this fire was a predetermined, yes, fire that had to be uh, proportionally disproved to handle the presence of God. Uh, It wasn't an ordinary bush. It it was burning with what I call intentionality. (laughs) Did you hear me right there? It had a purpose to handle its flames. It was on fire, but didn't no man start the fire. God could use this bush because God had a man. He needed to meet him at the bush. Can I say some more? This whole appearance at the bush was getting ready to change Moses' life. And check this out, Brewer. The folks in Egypt who needed a deliverer had no idea that God was working at the bush in the desert. This bush was getting ready to change daylight. And they didn't even know. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think I'll let you peek behind the screen. Before you even called it, God was already burning the bush. Getting him ready. That when he came to Sacramento to deliver a people, to get them to the promised land, God was already working on the man. Y'all in here now? Last of all I see in the text is after Moses hears God, sees the fire, he turns. Then God calls him. Did you catch it? And Moses would have ignored the fire. God wouldn't have had no use for him. But he had to be a man who could recognize when God was doing something. And because he had eyes to see God move and turn and was attentive to what God was doing, God said, come here. I thought y'all would be impressed with that. I know I'm preaching at Brewer's Church. He said, you better bring it, Wilson. Okay, here I come. When he comes, listen to the first thing God says. Moses, take your shoes off. Yeah, because the place where you're standing now 
is holy ground. Listen, now what does that have to do with these? That's the call of humility. God needs to know that before he gives him assignments, he can first of all recognize his voice and recognize whose presence he's in. And if Moses can hear the voice and recognize the presence, God's got a job for him. Are y'all in here now? Take your shoes off. Because the place you're standing is on holy ground. Now, why is that important? Well, last of all, that's important because before Moses can deliver anybody from bondage, he's got to first have his own personal relationship with God. Secondly, he's got to be able to discern the holiness of God. Are y'all with me here? And he's got to be willing to enter into a covenant relationship with Yahweh himself. Well, that's just good preaching, New Testament. Are y'all in here now? That's what this meeting was about. This meeting was about an intimate personal relationship with Moses and God. (laughs) That's good right there. Say some more. The Moses, God's shepherd, was called by God First of all, in the earth to follow him in in obedience. Y'all with me here? Moses, God's shepherd, was called by God to be placed in a position where he might first see God for himself. The story was told earlier by the music director that worship, I mean, Brewer is a worship leader. I know that to be true. But I know why. He's got a relationship with God. He's going to worship him. I don't care what the governor said. We're going to find a way to worship God. Are y'all with me here? See, a real believer is a worshiper. I've noticed something, Brewer. You ain't got to tell them, raise your hand. You ain't got to tell them, come on, give God some praise. They come in the house like that. I'm talking about a real worship. A real worship, you ain't got to say, I got 10 reasons why you ought to praise him. Because they brought their own team. Are y'all in here now? Y'all too cool for me to just. Moses was a worshiper. So he had no problem taking his shoes off and worshiping God. At Mount Horeb. You do know all of his ministry. He kept taking uh, ministry breaks. And getting away to the mountain of God. Why? That started in the desert. He was a man who was after God's own heart. And because he was. God compelled him. To meet him at the bush. I'm trying to get away from the bush. But it's a little good to me. Can, Can I say a little more? Bro pastor. Remember. Your meeting at the bush. Why? You had to have that special meeting with him in order for him to direct and order your life. You need this bush. Because if you didn't have the bush, you would have kept doing what you was doing in Fresno. But God had to give you a bush. Why? Because he has something greater for you to do. You need this bush. This bush was given to you as a fresh calling, a fresh encounter, and a fresh look at what God was doing in the earth. Don't forget your bush. When things get hard, don't forget the bush. When your body ain't acting right, don't forget the bush. I wish I had a good amen today. When the assignment gets lonely, don't forget the bush. When the money gets funny and the change gets strange, don't forget the bush. When the winds of tribulation blow, don't forget the bush. When you're ready to throw the towel in, don't forget the bush. When the compassion wears off, don't forget the bush. When the hounds of hell get louder and louder, don't forget the bush. When you stop seeing fruit 
and the harvest ain't so plentiful. Don't forget the bush. When the Lord gets quiet and the covenant seems gone, come on, deacons, don't forget the bush. The bush will be a reminder of who called you here and why he called you here. Can I tell you some more? The bush separates you from the congregation. The congregation got their own bushes. But God had to have a leadership bush, Colonel. <laughs> that sets you apart from everybody else. We looked at what happened when God called Moses. Can I show you now what happened when he compelled Moses? The Bible says in verse 7, that the Lord said at this bush, Moses, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry. And I've heard it because of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows. Look at verse 8. So Moses, I come down. Yes, sir. To deliver them yes, sir. out of the hand of the Egyptians. All right, now. And to bring them up uh -huh. from that land yes, sir. to another land yes, sir. that's flowing yes, sir. with milk and honey. Right, to the place right, of the Canaanites, right, yes, sir. the Hittites, yes, sir. the Amorites, yes, sir. Perizzites, right, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Am I right right there? And somebody said, and lolly dolly and everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. Can I work a little bit? Y'all taking me too serious. But when you come to this portion of the text, you get to see what I call God compelling Moses with his own story. You say, what, Wilson? Yeah. First of all, God tells Moses about Moses' own people. He tells him about what his people, Harris, are going through. What they're living under. And the sinful oppression that is weighing on them. Now, why is that important? Well, Moses was a man of social injustice. Can I tell the story? Y'all yes. remember in chapter 2 when he was walking in the hood and he saw the police beating up the young Hebrew boy? Moses looked to the left. He looked to the right and said, I'm going to deal with this police brutality right now. We got to say it in Fresno. Don't make it up. Look it up. It's in the book. And he went out and killed the Egyptian soldier. Didn't he do it? I was saying, he hit him in the sand. He was a man of social injustice. But he was also what I call a premature deliverer. Can I tell you why? Moses wanted to deal with the injustice happening to his people before God was ready to deal with it. So like a good man, he took matters in his own hand. But guess what they did in the hood? They snitched on him. Y'all in here? And before he knew it, Pharaoh was on his trail. Are you with me now? And he had to run to the desert. But now that he's in the desert 40 years, and God's ready to do something, about what Moses was mad about 40 years ago. God's ready to call him. And he tells Moses, I've seen it. I've heard him. And now I'm ready. Hey, I just said something right there. To come down and deal with this. Can I say some more? I like this because God is compelling Moses with his own story. Why? Because God needs a man who can identify with what God wants to do. 
lost a lot of amens right there. God's looking for a man who's willing to be on mission with him. And Moses was no ordinary choice. No, 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 no. And what I like about this, brothers and sisters, is God doesn't have to beg Moses to do this. He just compels Moses with his own argument. And I like this because it wasn't like he needed Moses. Okay, I see I'm in Bible country. Somebody like, talk to me, Reverend. Remember when Moses gets to Egypt? God uses little flies, frogs, gnats, blood, darkness. Y'all to whoop Pharaoh. He didn't need Moses. Y'all in here now? I need to help somebody. Don't think God needs you. That ministry don't work without you. Just drop dead and see. That ministry will pick up next week. It ain't like God needs you. He's God. He don't need nobody. But can I tell you, he chooses to call you. That's just beautiful right there. Why? Because he wanted Moses to get to know him. Can I say some more? See, the reason why God uses you in ministry, it ain't about you. It's about you getting to know him. So he invites you to be a part of what he's doing. And that's what this is about. Whenever you start to think it's about you, you need to check yourself. It ain't about you. Man, it now. He compels Moses with his own story. Invites him. Why? Why? Well, God is a covenant God. And everything he does, he does through covenant. Can I make some more? Can I make some more sense out of that? He uses people to save people. He uses people to help people. Help me, Brother Deacons. He uses people to bless people. He uses people to serve people. He uses people to elevate people. He uses people to protect people. He uses people to work with people. God uses a covenant relationship. Why? Because that's what brings him honor and glory in the earth. New Testament, New Testament. You want to really make God shout? Start loving each other in here. Start really elevating one another. Really serve people from your heart. God will look back and open the windows of heaven and bless y'all when you won't have room enough to receive. Why, he's a covenant kind of God. Thirdly, he compels Moses because he's got something better for his people. I'm in the text. He says, Moses, I got a better land for them. I see them in bondage. I see them in slavery. I've heard that cry. And now I'm ready to give them something better. And Moses, it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. What does that mean? It's got everything they need. I'm Moses, I'm ready. To take them to a place where they ain't never been before. Moses, I'm ready to bless my people. And you ready to work for me. So come, Moses. I want you, watch this now, to take them to the promised land. I came all the way down from Fresno to talk to you in the New Testament to give you the real reason you got a pastor. To lead you to the promised land. If you could lead yourself, you wouldn't need a shepherd. You wouldn't need a guide. But God said, I got to give you shepherds after my own heart. Now I know us, I know us, I know us. I don't need nobody to tell me, yes you do. Because if the Israelites knew how to get to Canaan, they would have left a long time ago. But they had to wait. To God set up the meeting at the bush to get the man ready 
to come to you and to take you to the promised land. I feel like preaching through that. Can I argue my case? Notice what he says to Moses, and I'm backtracking, I'm waddling in the text. He says, I've seen their struggle. I've seen what they're going through. And Brewer is a sacramentant. He knew what your struggles were. He knew what the issues were. He's seen the little black boys getting killed in the street. He sees the oppressive regime of a racist system. He sees what happens to the oppressed folks in this community. But God had to tuck him away for a while. Allow him to discover and learn and do some other things. And then when the time was right, he could send a man back home who already knew what your struggles were. He already knew the rough spots. The hot spots, the club spots, and the whatnots. He already know what your babies were dealing with. He ain't sent you no rookie. He sent you a seasoned preacher who grew up in the hood. Know the hood language. He's bilingual. I like to say this right here. He's got what I call what God really needs, a little thug in his preacher. I recommend every preacher have a little thug in it. You're going to need it when you get back to Egypt. Can I argue my text? He's going back to a place where ain't nobody asked him to come. He's going back to a place where the wanted posters are still up. He's going back to the place well, there ain't no welcoming committee. Here I come. Ain't no retirement plan. Ain't no medical and dinner. He going back to a place where ain't no committee voted on it. Why? He don't work for the people. He work for God to deliver the people. I lost some amens right there. Let me get on out of here. I didn't let my head down. We looked at what happened when God called Moses. We looked at what happened when God compelled Moses. Let me show you now what happened when God commissions Moses. I'm humping it off. Can I keep going? Can I get 10 good Baptist minutes? Verse 9, the Bible says, Now, therefore, Behold, Moses, the cry of the children of Israel has come up to me. And I've also seen the oppression in which the Egyptians have oppressed them. Watch this now, verse 10, loaded. Come now, and I will send you. You see the commission? And I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Good God Almighty. Why Moses? That you may bring my people the children of Israel out of Egypt. Thank you New Testament for your kindness and your listening ear. When we come to this final portion of the scripture we get to see what I call is the commission of God over Moses' life and for Moses' life. He's been called. He's been compelled. And now he's commissioned to do what no other man on the earth has been called to do. Check the biblical record. From Genesis. Nobody had Moses as called. He's the only one in the Old Testament. That's called to deliver. Israel from Egypt. That separates him. From other messengers. Here it is. Out of all the preachers in the city. 
Uh-huh. God called one. To come take you. From here to there. Check the record. He ain't one pastor in three locations. I said it. I said it in New Testament, I said. He's a shepherd of this house. And it's been ordained by God. Okay, I shouldn't have said that, huh? Well, let me say this. God has commissioned him, watch this now, to handle God's business. Did you catch that? Not only that, he is to face God's people and God's enemies. God is sending him back to the place where he's a wanted man. So you know that this assignment wasn't going to be easy. And Moses is being commissioned to do something that nobody else has been able to do. That's why you need to pray for him. This task is hard. You ever try leading us? It worked if you had the job and you the boss. But this ain't that. Come on, help me, Deacons. Help me pull this train. This is a hard task. Guess what? And you know what got me through? I'm off my text, but can I waddle in it? God didn't tell Moses what he was going to encounter. It's like he gave him this sweet picture of delivering people, taking them from Egypt to Canaan. He didn't tell him they was going to fight him every step of the way. Y'all got quiet on me. He didn't tell him what he was going to encounter. He didn't tell Moses, now look, you're going to try, but they're going to fight you every step of the way. You know what, Brewer, he did? He hid it from me. <laughs> this is just preacher talk. <laughs> you know what I noticed? God hides stuff from you in ministry. Deacon, when they first called y'all to be deacons, you didn't know. Come on, tell the truth. You didn't know what was going to be in this call. When they called you to lead the choir, you didn't know. Trustees, y'all in here? When they called you to be trustees and they voted on you, you didn't know everything was going to be in there. Why? God hides it from you. And guess what he does? Reveals it to you when you need to know. Can I tell the truth and stand about the church? <laughs> if he reveals it to you, you quit before you even get involved. Okay, just so I hit everything breathing in here. When God calls you to be a parent, you don't know. That little rascal gonna grow up and do the things they do. Be unappreciative. Okay, that ain't your role. Here I come. I know he looked good when he walked in the door. I know she was all that and a bag of chips. But when you got married, you didn't. Y'all say he too personal. Well, come here, old age. We all think it's good to get old. But you didn't know the problems that come when you get old. I wish I had a seasoned saint in here that I said, now you're preaching, Reverend. God has to chuck some stuff away when he gives you the assignment so that he can show up in the covenant. Y'all ready? And remind you about the bush. Well, I'm through. Thank y'all for listening. 
Moses, I've seen him. Come now. Because I'm sending you. Notice it ain't an option. He didn't ask Moses, what do you think about it? He didn't give him an option. Dr. Brewer, he said, I'm doing it. You the man. This is the ministry. This is the moment. Here's my mandate. You go. I like that right there. I wish God would reason with me sometimes. Okay. But he doesn't. He's sovereign. And he don't need my approval. That's like he don't need yours. You can fight him all you want to. He's God. And you gonna do what he tell you to do. I lost somebody through that. When I look at Moses, what is he giving up? He had just become a father in the desert. He was an independent employee. Had his own business. He was working with livestock. He's in the field of agriculture and stuff. Wasn't dealing with no people. Living in a small community. Crime was low. Traffic was low. No pollution. Here it is, no taxes. And then God calls you. Leave your family. Leave your business. Leave your comforts. And come to a place where they're going to give you trouble. Come to a place that's going to be hard. Come to a place where you're going to have to lean and depend on me. Come to a place and I'm going to reward you. Moses, I'm commissioning you to go and rescue my people. I got to quit right here. When I look at this text, you know, God has a record of calling, compelling, and commissioning men to do things for him in the earth. And I call this God's divine plan for humanity. Why do we have this biblical record of Noah? Well, I'm sorry, Moses. We have this Old Testament picture because there was a New Testament picture coming. There was another Moses coming. And this Moses had to do what the old Moses couldn't do. And when Jesus came, he became the deliverer for people who were trapped in bondage. Can I argue my case? You know he had a divine meeting, don't you? Remember the baptism of John? When he was down in the Jordan River? John took him under the water and the Bible said the heavens open. And God the Father said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. And the Bible said the spirit of God descended down upon him in the form of a dove. That was his calling. And then the spirit of God drove him into the wilderness. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he had to get up them things with the evil one. Compelled him to fight for what people were fighting with in the earth. I'm leaving here. Y'all with me? And after the wilderness, he went into the dusty streets of Palestine under the Great Commission. Didn't you hear? Gave sight to the blind. Gave hearing to the deaf. Walked on water. Fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. Didn't you hear? He raised the dead. Cast out demons. And conducted ministry under the Great Commission. I'm closing now. But I heard, I heard, I heard his commission happened one Friday on a hill called Calvary. They marched him high and they dropped him low. And under the commission, he died. Didn't he die? He died until the earth rocked and riddled. He died until the sun refused to shine. 
Bye. 